Hello, hello. Welcome to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 67 in our series, Our Gifts, His Glory. And today we have author Courtney Rysick. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. Okay. All right. Um, we are so excited to have Courtney Rysick with us today. Thanks, Courtney, for making time and sharing your heart with us. I'm glad to be here today. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, I'm Courtney. I have kids ages um, six, six, four, and two. So just by virtue of saying their ages, you probably can imagine what I do most of the time. Um, they take, and they're all boys, so they take up a lot of our time because there's so many of them and they're also small. <laughs> so, um, but that's what I do uh, a lot of the time is take care of them. I am a writer. I've written two, well, now I can three books because I just turned in my manuscript for my Yay. third book, which is a little bit crazy. My first book was The Accidental Feminist, um, Restoring Our Delight in God's Good Design. And my second book was Gordon why your work in the home matters to God. And so uh, my third book is on the Psalms, which will be out in January. A little bit different than the stuff I've written before, but my heartbeat is teaching the Bible and um, helping women love the Bible. And so that's what I do locally in my church um, by leading ministry and um, training and equipping women in my own congregation um, and leading Bible study and stuff. So that's my biggest passion is the Bible. Um, I went to seminary um, about 12 years ago and, um, but am re-enrolled for the fall to start taking classes again in the hopes that I can maybe someday <laughs> finish what I start. Before <laughs> that I, is so uh, exciting. Yeah. So, uh, uh, in some ways I, what I do in my church is what I went to seminary for, but I don't think I had a word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, I mean, I was young and I knew I loved the Bible and wanted to teach the Bible and I wanted to serve in the church, but I didn't really have a category for it back then. So, but that's what I do. Um, most of the time, take care of boys and teach them in the Bible. <laughs> love so it, love it. I'm married to Daniel and he's always uh, like, you always mention me last. So I'm sorry. <laughs> We've been married for 10 years. So wow, um, he serves as an elder in our church and is, um, he's in, he works in business. So, but we met in seminary. Oh, how fun. What a cool story. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That um, I didn't finish because we couldn't afford for both of us to go to seminary. <laughs> no. And so uh, I worked and he finished. And so in many ways, me being able to go back, I mean, he is the one who suggested I go back. And so it's really sweet to see when he looked at our finances and said, we, I, we, I couldn't finish. He didn't forget. And so oh. now I'm I finishing very, very slowly. <laughs> and I'm a little nervous because I haven't been this long time. Yeah, that's so, really cool. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. In six months, you can ask me how it went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, pull my hair out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Say, Courtney, are you still alive? You still with us? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I'll yeah. tell you, I read Glory in the Ordinary over Christmas and I read it in like three days. And now I tell every woman I know that she needs to read that mm-hmm. book. Oh, Such a good book. Yeah. I've oh, gifted it to you. a few people because it's just, it's so rich, but accessible. So it's, it's a really great, um, a really great resource. Mm -hmm. We've mentioned it multiple times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm, I, uh, I always say that book, I feel like I wrote that book, um, 
some people write books to get out like what's in their what's mm-hmm. already inside them mm-hmm. and then some some books are because you need to learn about it and like you need it for yourself and I feel like that's the book that I need when we're done with this I think I need to go clean the bathrooms if I have time and I really don't like doing housework <laughs> I, Amen. I feel like continually using um what I learned writing the book to mm-hmm. help me see that it has value so yeah yeah. I'm glad that other people are also invited into my struggles and yeah. yes. <laughs> from it. So. We're all in it together. Yeah. 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 So we always ask um, our interviewees for a random fact about themselves. Do you have a random fact about you? I love running. Like it's um something I just really, really love. But what they, most people don't know, they assume I'm been a runner like my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I did not run a mile until I was 24 years old. Wow. So, so I would intentionally take the bad grade in PE and not run the mile around the fence that we were supposed to oh because gosh. I hated exerting myself. <laughs> it's like a testimony to the fact that people can change. Yeah. I used to joke about the fact that I never, I didn't sweat and I just realized that I just never exerted myself and now <laughs> I, I sweat like profusely. So That's I guess hilarious. that's two random facts. The yeah. first one is I didn't run. The second is I sweat. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so what sparked that love for running? Like, why did you start to begin with? So I, um, I, ha- we, we struggled with infertility for a couple of years. And so we were, um, I had miscarried and then had a really hard time getting pregnant after that. We, when we moved to Little Rock from Louisville, I had been seeing a new doctor and I thought, well, if I'm, if we're trying to figure out what's going on, then I kind of want to be as healthy as possible. Like, I don't want my own lack of to be the obstacle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, well, at least I can tangibly take care of that. So I just started running a little bit. Like I would run, like I'd run walk and I would like do 10 minutes at a time. And I felt like I was doing some really important stuff, like yeah. running 10 <laughs> at a time. And then eventually I just started really liking it. And I still, it was a whole nother year before I got pregnant. So I had a lot of time. And then that became like, when I would run, I would listen to like, pod- well, this is before there were like podcasts. So I would like download sermons to my iPad, my iPod. I mean, this is like, this is when you couldn't like dating like, yourself. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like I would download sermons to my iPod and then I would, um, listen to them when I would run. And that was just really spiritually beneficial to me. And yeah. so running just became not only like physically beneficial, but like spiritually beneficial. And then once I had kids, pregnancy super rough on my body. And so I gained a lot of weight when I'm pregnant. And so the only way I was ever going to get it off is if I ran mm. and it was a helpful way for me to like clear my head. Yeah. It yeah. Time to just think and listen to sermons. So who was your favorite? Like who would you download to listen to? Oh, I'm trying to remember who did I download. Like I can think of certain moments of sermons that I listened to. I, I couldn't think of like, like, I could tell you what I was doing. Like, and maybe it's because the Lord used it to really encourage me in like maybe a low point in infertility, but um, there was like one David Platt sermon I listened to that was, I think he was talking about adoption, but he was talking about infertility that led people to adopt. And I remember that one was really helpful. I listened to like CJ Mahaney a lot. I remember mm-hmm. I listened to a lot of John Piper. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I would listen to like every time it's like a conference, I would listen to all the conference audio. So I remember listening to like, I really love listening to Ligon Duncan and I feel like he's yeah, really too. Like nobody, like he's not like the go-to that people go to. And but I'm his like, voice is so awesome. Yes. And he's an um, outstanding yeah. preacher. Yeah. He is. So yeah. he's still Ligon Duncan. So I don't m- maybe go to the 
ones I listen to back then as much anymore. But Ligon Duck I still go to. Yeah. yeah. And now I listen to like my favorite is Dale Ralph Davis, but people don't know him as oh, much either. Yeah. But he's an old mm-hmm. scholar. Okay. Um, but he pastored for years. He just retired. He's my favorite, hands down. Okay. I'll have to look, look him up. up. Yeah. You should, he, all, of you, all of his stuff's on Sermon Audio. Okay. So I'm a little bit of a fangirl with him. And so <laughs> in our Bible study at church, all the, we did Joshua, and he wrote a Joshua commentary, which is really good. So that's when he was introduced to the women in our church. But now they, they know that I like almost always try to find a way to talk about him during Bible study because <laughs> I love him so much. So like, I'm like, I wonder if Dale Davis preached on this text. So. <laughs> Yeah, cool. it's okay. That's how Aaron is with Matt Chandler. So yeah, yeah, kind of yeah see, you have yeah. like your people and yeah, yeah it, it's yeah. helped. I mean, he's been real, they've been helpful to me. So, so you mentioned that your, um, your heartbeat, I think you said in your passion is, is to write, to help women and in, in, in the local church and in your writing to, yeah. um, give them a love for, for God's word and to teach them in the Bible. Where did that kind of start? How did the Lord grow that over the last however many years? So writing, I always loved, um, because I think as long as I can remember, I was, I just was writing stories and writing. I mean, I, I don't think I knew that I was gifted to write until college, but I always did well in English in school, like in high school and stuff. And so that I just know what I just didn't know. I just thought that's just what I liked. I thought I hated math. I liked English and that was it. Like, that's what I thought was. Yeah. And then college, I had a freshman English teacher who, um, was like, you should like consider this, consider writing more. And so I don't even remember her name and I wish I did. Cause like, it's totally changed my whole, like what I wanted to do. And I wasn't a Christian at the time. I was an unbeliever. And so at that time I thought, well, I'll just be a journalist. I mean, and I'll, um, I, I didn't have any like Christian vision for writing. And so I always, say that writing was when I got saved, writing was the thing that the Lord redeemed right along with like me, you know? So, um, so that was just always something that I wanted to do. I knew I expressed myself through writing. I knew that, um, it just came naturally to me. And then as I grew in my love for the word, um, that's what I wanted to write about. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I always that I wanted to teach women the Bible, but I thought it was going to be primarily through writing. And I knew that I taught like in small group settings that people learned and that my church had affirmed that where I was at. I still always thought, well, I'm not a Bible teacher. Like I, I don't do that. Um, and so even when I went to seminary, it was because I wanted to write and serve the church, but serve and maybe through writing. And then after my first book came out, I had been asked to speak and I started just teaching texts of scripture. Like I taught the book of Ruth and I've taught other things. And I, from there, and then through leading Bible study at my church, I realized, oh, like I, I had this, my teaching gift also through like teaching with my actual voice and not just through my writing voice. And so that was more like it came later. And I know people who come to writing later, you know, like they were Bible and then they realized writing came, but writing was just always been a part of me. And I would write if no one ever read it. It just like comes out of me. Like I don't, I feel like I get all stopped up and I can't think if I don't process through writing. Mm-hmm. And so that's just, I'm an internal processor. And so my internal processing comes out through writing. And sometimes people get to read that. Um, and sometimes people don't. And that's probably <laughs> really, uh, so that's kind of how it all started. And then um, the Lord's just opened doors to writing opportunities and, 
Yeah. So, and then our church is a church plant. So, um, I've had more natural opportunities because, um, church plants don't a lot of people. So, um, the Lord's opened up doors through that. That's really cool. I love how you say you would write even if nobody read it. Cause you know, that's a lot about what we're talking about in this series is how do we know whether we're using our gifts for our own glory or for God's glory. And I think what you're saying really attests to that is that you would still write and you know, it would be for the Lord. And even if nobody read it, it, it would still be for the Lord and have just as much value. So do you feel like you, do you struggle at all with like doubt or anything like that when it comes to, Hey, am I doing this for my glory or for God's glory? Is that attention you have to walk in or does that come pretty naturally to you? Oh, it's attention all the time. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's I your honesty. Yeah. I, I suppose everyone's different. I tend more towards self doubt, like crazy. And so I would, I would always err on the side of questioning my motives mm-hmm. uh, and wondering if it's for my glory or for the Lord's glory. And, um, yeah. So I feel like it's a constant struggle for me of knowing like uh, why I'm doing something. I feel like I've probably grown in, in knowing my place at what am I doing truly that's for the Lord's glory. Um, but it's hard, I think, especially with public ministry type stuff is cause even, even sharing a podcast interview or sharing an article that you write can feel very much glory seeking. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of like nuance to that. And there's a lot of like fluidity to how what's right or wrong there. Cause like, I feel like it's a heart condition, a heart issue. And there's some people who can share things and, and do things that seem more public um, and, and not be for their own glory. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's a constant battle for me to figure out what the right, the right response is. One yeah. thing though, that's been really freeing to me, and I've written about this a fair amount in the last couple of years, but with my, my last son, when he was, um, my book released my glory in the ordinary release in April. And then two weeks later I was put in the hospital with him on bed rest with a, had a placenta abruption. And it was really severe. And most every day we were kind of like, I could deliver him today. I could not deliver him today. And sometimes it could be like, I could deliver him dead today, or I could not mm-hmm. deliver him dead today. And with an abruption, like my, um, my life, uh, was also in danger as well. And so before I went in the hospital, I just focused so much on my book, like how it was doing and like, what was like an, an insane amount of focus on it. And the hospital freed me in a lot of ways from that focus. Cause when, like when you're staring death in the face, like who cares if people buy your book, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like the Lord's going to do what the Lord's going to do. And then that freed me from some of the struggles I had with, um, seeking. Um, and so often I'm, I'm reminded like, well, I almost died. And so mm-hmm. my life's not mine. And so I have, but, but I still had this calling, like this, to steward this yeah. responsibility mm-hmm. steward. And so to steward it well. Um, so yeah, it, there's, it's always a tension. And I feel like when my next book comes out, I'll probably struggle with it again because that's just how people are. Right. I mean, you learned yeah. a lesson you are, it feels like you never learned it. Right. So. The Israelite, just like the Israelites. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Again, like ask me again in six months if I'm struggling with the, yeah. but the hard part is, is that we have, my husband and I talk about this a lot with like, we have a responsibility to steward the giftings that God has given us. Yeah to steward the the opportunities and the responsibilities that God has given us. And that's going to look different for every family. And it's going to look different for every person in every season. 
we don't get to just check out and say, I'm not going to do that because it could be, I might be glory seeking there. Um, Sometimes we are going to be glory seeking and we don't realize it. And then we repent and then we ask God for grace not to do it again. But we kind of take the approach of, we take the opportunities if our, if our life allows it and um, trust that we're being faithful. So that's a really good point. I think, um, I can't remember where I just read this the other day, but along the same lines of like your motives, like just say, you know, if you feel like the Lord is calling you to it, even if you're not sure if your motives are right, like keep moving forward and allow God to sanctify those motives as you yeah. move forward. Yeah. Is it, is yeah. it good? I think a really healthy place mm-hmm. to be. So that's really encouraging yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, that's really good. I think that's a big heart, a uh, big part of our heart behind this whole series mm-hmm. actually is knowing that God has given us these mm-hmm. gifts and we need mm-hmm. to use them for his glory. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's really good. So when you've been pursuing writing and, um, um, speaking in this path that the Lord has placed you on, have you faced any big hurdles? Have there been any, any big challenges um, that were put in front of you and how did you overcome them? I mean, there's all kinds of hurdles. Like um, most recently with the book that I was writing, um, I mean, there's just the hurdle of like of self-doubt. Like, should I even be mm-hmm. doing this? Like, is yeah. this, um, it's hard, therefore I shouldn't do it. Right. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's just not, that's bad logic. I mean, life is hard, but we keep moving forward. I mean, everything's going to be hard. We live in a broken world. Um, and just because it's hard doesn't mean it's good. But, uh, so I, I feel like my biggest hurdle is myself Mm. often and my own unbelief that the Lord is, is going to not only equip me for it, like for what the task ahead, but then also has like given it to me as a gift. And so other hurdles I think I face are, um, my mantra is to stay in my lane. Mm. And, mm. um, and it's most as I tend to compare when I'm not in my lane, I look at what somebody else is doing and I'm like, oh, I'm not doing a good enough job there. And, um, and so, but if I focus on what God has called me to, then uh, whether it's in my marriage or my parenting or in my like friendships or church or work, um, when I focus on, on my lane, I tend to not um, like crash and burn. My biggest hurdle is I don't, don't, um, stay in my lane often. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, I think like I've faced, um, a lot of hurt, like hurdle in my hurdles with myself of thinking, um, that like, like of, it goes to comparison, like of looking at someone else's success in ministry and saying, well, mine isn't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and having to fight like jealousy and, and, um, like, I feel like that's often not talked about a ton, but I, I know, I always feel like if I struggle with it, then I bet you other people struggle yeah, with it. Yeah, you know? yeah. like, so, um, like my book isn't as successful or I didn't get asked to do this or, um, and I, I mean, I've struggled with it a lot. I have not struggled with it as much since everything happened with my son's birth and I really do feel like the Lord delivered me from it mm-hmm. by delivering me through death yeah. and like helping me see, um, like everything's a gift, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, whether we live or breathe or get a book deal or not, I mean, it's all a gift. And who am I to have a pity party for myself because I didn't get something somebody else had. Mm-hmm. I got to live. And so that should be enough, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and by God's grace, it has been enough. Um, and so I think, and all that just kind of goes back to like contentment with where God has me. Mm-hmm. 
I think I struggle too with like just laziness. Like I don't want to do it. I'd rather just like watch a movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Be easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've mentioned a lot of, um, like you're saying a lot of words like contentment and self-doubt mm-hmm. and comparison and all of these things. And as you know, God's kind of walked you through these obstacles and walked you through growing you in this gift. Like what has he revealed about himself and his character to you that, that makes it all, you know, worth it? A ton. <laughs> <laughs> I have come to like, I, I feel like he's the biggest thing is that he's shown me that he's trustworthy. Mm-hmm. So much of all of our discontentment and our comparison and our envy uh, and jealous, all those things, those, those heart emotion, heart responses to what we don't have um, are owing to the fact that we think God isn't trustworthy, mm-hmm. that, that God can't be trusted with the things with our life. And so we respond with jealousy and we respond with comparison and, and discontentment because we've looked at the world around us and said, he's not good. He can't be trusted. And when I get outside of my own head and remember all the things that he's done, I, I am reminded that he is trustworthy. Like he has brought me through so much. He has saved me. He's uh, making me more like Christ. He's given me like like a home to it. I mean, just like really tangible things. And you see this in the Psalms a lot of, of the fighting some of those things like discontentment and um, despair and are remedied by remembering Mm -hmm. who God is, what he has done for us. And then depending on him and and trust again and again. And the most comforting thing to me about the Psalms is there's 150 of them Mm -hmm. and them are filled with Psalms like that because it's a constant, Mm-hmm. of like God can't be trusted oh wait yes he can be trusted okay God can't be trusted wait, yes he can be trusted yeah. how much he's done for me and we all have those lists we all have those reminders of the ways he's brought us through a variety of things and so I think hands down what God has taught me is that he can be trusted mm-hmm. and so it allows me to humble myself before my own finite understanding of my life and do the next thing or whatever he's called me to. So that's probably the biggest one. I think along with that is think is knowing that he's good mm-hmm. and like his sovereignty paired with his goodness is just incredibly comforting. So what like yeah. knowing that he's over all things, but then also knowing that he's good in the fact that he's over all things. So those are the, the probably the biggest overarching things that I've, I've been taught about God. That. And that's super encouraging because it gives you kind of a plumb line to come back to, whether you're in an obstacle at this moment or whether you're in like a mountain peak where you're like, hey, I feel like I'm really using my gifts for God's glory. Either way, you can come back to those two things like God is trustworthy and God is good. And so I think that's that's super helpful. So if you were to give someone advice, if they were like, hey, you know, I... I want to know more about what it looks like. I feel like the Lord has gifted me with something, but I don't know how to move forward in using it for his glory. What would be like your one piece of advice you could give somebody? So for me, the most helpful thing has been to just try it. Let's say like if you want to be a writer, uh, I would just start writing, like start a blog or start like microblogging on Instagram or anything, um, any outlet where you can write personally, but then also write for consumption and, and then just see what the Lord does with that, whether it encourages people, um, whether you get feedback and things like that. Uh, if you want to serve uh, in your church, I would uh, like ask if you can start a Bible study. I think most pastors would um, be super excited that someone took initiative and just wanted to do something. And so maybe there's like 
other thing, I guess, so if there's not a Bible study in your church, or maybe there is a Bible study in your church, I would find out who the person is on staff at your church who is in charge of those things and just ask. And I think I had heard someone say one time, like often so many of the things that we, we feel like we're gifted in and called to do don't happen because we just don't try. Mm. And, um, I would just start there of just trying and seeing what happens and, and recognizing that these things take time. Um, like starting small, like, um, the stuff I'm doing in my church, I, I, I wanted to do like 12 years ago when I went to seminary and I'm doing it now, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, it does take time for things to grow. And, um, we don't know God's time. Some people start things and they take off and it happens really fast. And then some people it takes a long time. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. That's really helpful. Cause I think a lot of times we, we think, oh, I, it's not like, if it's not taking off immediately, oh, then God doesn't want me to do it. And that's, that's not always the case, right? Like you might start and it'll be small and then the Lord will grow that. So that's, that's a really good encouraging word. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes we can think, especially in a Western context where everything that seems successful is big. Mm -hmm. Smallness is not a sign of defeat or mm-hmm. failure necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's just, I mean, cause again, God's trustworthy and he's good yeah. and we have no idea why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. So, yeah. So I've heard you mention the Psalms several times, so it's obvious mm-hmm. that you've spent some time there lately. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to tell us about, um, your newest book that'll be coming out soon? Yeah, it's, uh, it's called teach me to feel worshiping God through the Psalms in every season of life. And so, uh, the Psalms um, deal a lot with like, human emotion. Poetry is designed to make you feel something. Sometimes, and especially in in the wine habit, we're more afraid of our feelings. We're afraid of feeling things um, about the word. We want to be more of like a thinking. And um, the Psalms kind of take that and show us that God created us in his image and as his image bears, he created us with emotion because he has emotion. And then he's given us an entire book of the Bible that talk, that deals with our our emotional response of this life. And that's kind of what the Psalms are doing is they're giving us language for how we feel about life and how we feel about life in a broken world. And so that each chapter is going to kind of deal with the different emotions that are coming out, whether it's through like betrayal or despair envy, um, grief and things like that. And kind of helping us see that, uh, God has given us a way to cry out to him and, um, enjoy and in pain. So it's not all sad Psalms. Um, my editor was like, you've got to have some happy Psalms in there. You cannot, <laughs> um, I tend to be a more melancholy person. So, uh, this is good. It's good for me to, this is probably why I like the Psalms. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of where it's, going is Psalm one and Psalm two is deal is the setting up of the book of Psalms and, and telling you what life is supposed to be like. And then you middle, which is what life is like. And then it ends with prayer, which is what life will be like. And so that's kind of where the book's going. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's the book. I'm really excited about it because I really love the Psalms. So yeah. I, w- I was kind of sad when the, I was done studying them all the t- time, but now I can, I, I read, uh, Tim Keller wrote a devotional on the Psalms. And I was reading his like preface and someone had asked him, what are you going to do now that you're not writing on the Psalms? And he's like, probably just read them more slowly. Like they're intended to be read. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's yeah. so cool. 
I'm really excited about that book. It's so funny. I was just with my discipleship group the other day. I was just saying, I feel like I want to read scripture and know more about like feeling scripture. Cause I'm very much like you're talking about, like it's very knowledge base and I want to understand. And I like, I love to study scripture, but then I leave all the emotion aside. And so I was just asking my discipleship group to like pray for me that I can learn how to, um, include feelings in a healthy way and like understand how the Lord wants us to do that. So I'm really excited about this book. Well, I really hope that this book will help you do that. Yes. So. Yeah. And hopefully by the time this airs, it'll be on pre-sale. Yes. So yes. We'll get you yeah. all that information. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, this has been great, Courtney. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're, we're really um, a big fan of the work that you do and we look up to you and the way that you have balanced and are walking in the gifts that God has given you all for his glory. So hopefully um, that's encouraging to you. I'm sure it's been really encouraging to all the listeners to just gain a little bit of um, your wisdom in that area. So thank you for sharing your time with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobb.